0: What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA member FDSE.
1: Welcome to WWD Voices. I'm Arthur Zachowitz, uh, Executive Editor at WWD. And today we're taking a close look at fashion trends with some of the top experts in media. I'm joined today with co-host Evan Clark, Deputy Managing Editor at WWD, and we'll be chatting with... Alex Vadia, style director of WWD, and we have a special guest, Kyle Rice, who's the senior multimedia editor at WWD's sister publication, Rolling Stone. So, yeah, it's been a, a remarkable year, and and um, just tell us, like, you know, uh, Alex, what, what are you seeing in, in the market? What's some of the fashion trends that are notable?
2: Well. Um... I mean, fashion trends, fashion itself is always a reflection of what's happening in culture historically, but we see these being so close to culture. Um, we're here also with Kyle Rice, uh, who works at Rolling Stone, that I collaborate with for fashion all the time for Rolling Stone. And we always speak about the same. We speak about um, how music at present is really having such a huge impact. But one of the main trends that we saw, and it's been happening for about a year and a half now, but it was really strong still for Spring 23, we saw that kind of celebration of the you no, know? the early 2000s. Right. Um, we saw, obviously, the return of the low-rise denim. That's something that Evan is obviously going to have a huge impact on retail. And um, we saw mini skirts. We saw the famous crop tops that have been happening for a little bit. And we're going to go more in depth about the skin, because the skin is a huge trend for spring as well. But we're talking about like kitschy accessories, and we're talking about um, embellishments, and rainstone, and textures, and furry details, and a lot of bright colors, and a lot of maximization. Kyle, let's talk a little bit about how you feel uh, about the arts. Yeah. Because I live the odds already, and that's right. kind of funny. <laughs> this is Kyle impressive. has not lived the odds. So it's kind of funny when you do a trend, and you see it, and you are basically living it again. You have right. a sort of a different perspective. But I like working with Kyle because he's a fresh perspective because he wasn't here. Right. I mean, one of the things I always think about is the odds are
0: notorious for not being the most fashionable generation or the fashionable decade, right? Like, you're not looking back and be like, wow that was a fantastic moment until we start seeing some of those revivals happening in fashion now and then peering back and being like oh remember when uh jennifer coolidge wore this for um legally blonde or remember when paris hilton did this thing and then you start like connecting the dots and you're like oh that was actually a really interesting moment so i think today's fashion and interpretation of that y2k style there's something really interesting about it and very reflective um of like pinnacle moments. I mean, Alex, you said it, the Paris Hilton effect and how she mm-hmm. kind of established Y2K style and and Barbiecore as we know it now in those early days and how that's being reinterpreted today with key people like Bella Hadid. Right.
2: I mean, it's funny because when I experienced the odds, I was not loving it. I was not a big Christina Aguilera fan. I was not a big fan of like these pop princesses that dominated the airwaves at that point. But right now, looking back, it fills, me, it fills me with joy for some strange reason. And I, I can never believe that I would say that a low rise gene uh, would be something that I like, but I really like it now. And if you see like Glenn Martin's Diesel, the revitalization of that brand is incredible. And I do think, Evan, that um, when it comes to denim, I think that denim is a huge player in this odds trend and it's gonna have a clear impact on, on retail and sales
1: i have a question you mentioned bella hadid have we reached peak bella as far as her influence
2: i i don't think so i i feel that um there's also that model there's always a model or or a few models or that are really dominating uh, street style bella hadid is just has it all in one you know is just basically it's daughter of a famous famous in inverted commas, but uh, kind of like reality star mom, then um, becomes this kind of royalty of the street style and, run- and and runway, and she really has it all going, the crop tops, the 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 low rise jeans or the baggy jeans that uh, she makes it all very well she has she does high she does lows and also at this point she came out of a super strong spring 23 runway season she opened tons of shows again and then we had the Copernicus uh, spray on dress that it was one of those cultural moments that became like a uh, convergence of of attention, and it became like a social media phenomenon. We have seen things like this happen, like the Alexander McQueen hologram of Kate Moss. We have seen this before, Um, or like the McQueen spray paint dress. Um, We've seen seen this, but for a new generation, the spray on dress of Bella Hadid, was basically that cultural fashion moment that solidifies her as a total leader in style and fashion
1: so so Carla, you're you're nodding in agreement
0: right yes <laughs> <laughs> yes i mean when we talk about bella i think the biggest thing there is authenticity right like she comes across as a truly genuine person. And because of that, when she steps into the clothes, everything feels authentic. It doesn't feel like she's putting on a show. It doesn't feel like she's just wearing something to get the attention. It just, it's naturally a part of her persona. And that's what I think a lot of audiences gravitate towards. So when she does pull out these really short skirts or pairing these loafers with socks and the sk- and um, cargo skirts, like, there's something really authentic about it So when people see that, they're like, oh, well, I want to dress like that, too I want to be the authentic version of what Bella is and how she's doing it
2: I also feel that a lot of these pieces are um, easy to replicate We're not talking about an elaborate evening gown We're talking about, like, a crop top, a mini skirt Except and If you have in a I- closet, right? Right. right. It's basically, or, or just you give me a pair of scissors, and I'll show you a new you. It's basically cutting things and playing around and do it yourself approach. And I, I, again, working with your own personal style. But as I, I like the idea of like. The high socks with the loafer—something that everybody has or can easily access—but I find that those things are trickling down to the mass market and contemporary markets really quickly and having a more of a mass market appeal.
3: And right. and that's where I wanted to jump in, Alex, because that's what I'm wondering of: how much of a, how, what kind of legs does the arts revival have when it comes to to retail and? How quickly does it... It took us a decade to live it the first time. How quickly does it pass through, kind of? How, how long does the nostalgia last?
2: I think that's, that's a really... It's, it's a very interesting point you're making. I, I think that, for me, I thought it was going to be in and out because we've been seeing um, odds for a while. And, you know, once you've been around, like I have, you see a model coming out and you're like, that's odds, that's this, that's that. Mm-hmm. And then you see it happening and you're like, oh, it's going to go away. But we've been in this in this sort of nostalgic odds moment for a good year already, and it doesn't seem to go away. In fact, I do think that it's gaining more and more speed because um, you have brands like Mew Mew that are basically going for it 100%. And um, maybe when it comes to fall winter, we're going to see something different, but I don't think so. And when you go to Urban Outfitters, for example, just to make it a, a, to, to, as an example, it's all arts fashion, you know, mm-hmm. it's all is right there. And right. even you go to Zara, it's all this fast fashion, or more like contemporary brands or denim brands like Frame or Seven for all Mankind, you see them all reissuing. I mean, they would not say they're reissuing, but they are very iconic styles of that era. So, so
3: I, I wonder, I wonder, Alex, I wanted to half step back to when you said that you're liking it kind of more the second time through. I'm wondering about how it's actually different. Right. Because when we first saw these trends, there was really worth. We're, we're <laughs> we put a nice neat bow around the decade, but really there were a lot of different things going on. And what we're getting is a more distilled, kind of a hyper version of that. Is it, an, is it an easier message for consumers to understand now in just such a kind of distilled form? And is that is that why we're talking about it now? Is that why businesses are excited about it? It's just like a more, it's more powerful and maybe more compact.
2: Yeah, I also feel that, um, I mean, Kyle touched on it before, if there is a way of building a message that is very well digested and easy to understand for people to understand history and context that maybe they didn't uh in my generation so i do think there's so much information available and if you start adding little things like the revival of uh, um the, the the pink mania for um my my god what's the name of that movie that um jennifer coolidge was in uh, legally blonde so mm-hmm. if we're thinking of legally blonde for example if you start adding all those different elements of cornerstones of that era it becomes a very clear message to digest it's what is what kyle was saying he was not here or was not of that age and now he sees this message and understands and puts a one-on-one together so yeah, yeah it's so much more easy to identify it and be part of it now than it yeah. was before and it- And it helps, too, when you
0: have personalities from that era that were really big coming back in circulation, right? Like Jennifer Coolidge starring in White Lotus. The series itself was big, but she herself is a persona and incorporating that into the show and bringing in pieces that she might have worn during that era or the aesthetic of what she wore and kind of modernizing it. I think people are starting to see that and understand it more. Same thing with Paris Hilton. Paris Hilton doing the live show with Miley Cyrus for New Year's. Like, the generation that didn't grow up in that Y two K area, and like myself, and can like truly understand what was significantly happening from a cultural perspective, are able to reflect on modern movements that are happening now and look back and say, "Oh, okay, I get the tie in."
1: Yeah. What, uh, Kyle? What, what is the tie? What is the parallels that you see in the music industry with, with the arts? I mean. Um, yeah. I just heard Avril Lavigne again popping <laughs> <I'm like laughs> up, and I'm like, oh, she's still around, or, or is it a revival? Right. Is it similar?
0: Um, I think so. I mean, the thing that Alex and I talked about, too, was like rave culture. So that kind of being big in the 90s, but spreading into the early 2000s. So you do kind of see drips of rave culture and rave style in the 2000s. And then that revitalization happening now, and like Alex is saying, it's not happening in one specific moment in time. It's happening in in different forms of waves. Like you can see Balenciaga from uh, twenty fifteen to twenty seventeen, really incorporating it in the glasses and kind of the oversized silhouettes and the black tones, and it, it, it's it's like building on top of its its um itself. So it's interesting to have movements like that in music, and then see it reinterpreted through fashion and then become another cultural moment in today's time. Yeah, and and for a new audience, right? And for a new audience, yes.
2: I mean, you see it in music videos at times, you see it in styling, you see uh, winks um, for different people, but I feel the nostalgia as a whole, it's, it's, it's shaping fashion more than ever because there's also like these punk and grunge, like, revival happening at the same time. So you have, like, I I mean, as much, it's a very unfortunate death uh, of Vivian Westwood, and you see the kind of reaction that social media and the young generation, they are clearly understanding right now her contribution, that Mm -hmm. um, even at times uh, her own home country at the late 70s or early 80s, they would make fun of her back then and that's very typical of someone who's breaking ground so in fashion of any other cultural aspect um, she was now is clearly seen as a huge leader of creating part of the world that we know today with gender fluidity and bringing punk references to the forefront and basically that anarchy mindset that fashion is known for. So um, I do think that uh, it's interesting to look at different eras, but again, punk and uh, anything that is Nirvana-like um, is having a huge impact as well. And I have to say that anything that you can do to revisit the early days of Vivian Westwood, the 80s and the 90s of those shows, are definitely huge. You see celebrities dying to wear vintage Vivian Westwood on red carpet and music videos to really be part of that nostalgic trend of revival. But yeah, what happened with Vivian Westwood uh, when she passed about a few days ago was remarkable, you know? yeah i think too the thing we have to
0: understand with punk specifically is it was it's not just a style punk was a movement right it was these young kids specifically in starting in in europe and the uk where they were rebelling against political upheaval they were rebelling Mm -hmm. against capitalism and kind of started this movement within themselves and then vivian westwood and malcolm mclaren being key players in that Mm -hmm. and kind of bringing the sex pistols up and showcasing their style through music uh like how that correlates with things that are happening in today's time and why people might be interested in punk style again everything that's happening with ukraine everything that's happening in the u.s with um uh the kind of like post era of trump and kind of uh rebuilding our economy and restructuring our political system like stuff like that has such a huge influence and we don't talk about it a lot but it's there and you see it and Vivian again as Alex is saying the passing of Vivian Westwood and kind of that archival dressing and going back to her roots of starting basically punk and making it mainstream I think we'll see a lot of that happening going forward
3: and Kyle it's like you you, I was just going to go to the same place uh, but with the odds because I was thinking about what connects this moment with this the moment when the aughts style was really happening and it was right after September 11th you've got you know September 11th was around the tech boom or just ended you had a recession and there was this kind of you know it, it fed into there was a it was a downtime and then there was a kind of there was sort of a little bit of a revival go-go days after that and we're just coming off of this uh, this pandemic and you could draw similar parallels for punk and i'm just wondering if are these the styles that we're seeing that are that are taking hold today in business and for consumers is it are people is it just about getting out and partly like what what's the what's the mood that's what it feels like a reawakening kind of to me but i'm curious for what you what you see what what are your eyes seeing kyle
0: Yeah, I mean, there's a lot happening all at once. (laughs) So there's multiple things contributing. I think when the first fashion week in September of 2021, I remember this like huge explosion of people just feeling the angst of being locked up for so many years and just going all out. So. I mean, as Alex said earlier, Y2K has been there for the last few seasons and last few years. So taking that and amplifying it in one moment, I think there was a lot of intrigue in that. Now, as we're kind of cycling into 2023 and there's more of a post reflection of, well, how did that make me feel? How did that impact the way that I live? you see a lot more uh, resale shopping. You see a lot more kind of looking at the past. So I think when we look at grunge and we look at punk and we talk about kind of as you're saying those political influences we look at y2k and we talk about the political influences there's a lot of things happening that are kind of reshaping and redefining how people are styling themselves now and how that will continue to kind of spread into 2023 and beyond
1: there's um there's an elephant in the room i'd like to kind of just talk about uh, and that's the 80s is it can we write an obituary about the 80s is that done no it's never done never done <laughs>
2: okay. i don't think it's never done i think that like you need to be very um mm-hmm. specific about um specific styles you're looking at the way power dressing is being seen today and you start looking at the silhouettes and right. you see that in menswear more than anything else you start seeing a lot of the boxy cuts a lot of the power shoulders People wanna feel powerful, people wanna be seen. So there is not that level of excess that we saw in the eighties, but we do see a lot of love for shoulder pads. That's as simple as that. So it shows you that it's like the eighties that um the eighties that we love. For me it was like the world of shoulder pads. We we so, do see that everywhere.
1: So so this going back to what Evan said and Kyle, um it's about power and, and empowerment, which is also sort of rebellious, right? I mean, it, this totally. is an uh, interesting trend that we're not really.
2: I mean, for me it was like Bottega Veneta that is the, the, the epitome of luxury, uh, together with like the Hermès's of the world. But what Bottega has that is different is it's basically, basically super directional, but really high fashion. So you have Kate Moss opening the show wearing what looked like a flannel shirt and a pair of jeans. That is the, the ultimate um, Kurt Cobain uniform, basically, the grunge uniform. And then I go backstage and I speak to the designer, and we're trying to figure it out. Oh my God, let me see this flannel shirt. And he gives me the flannel shirt, and when I touch it, it's leather. And then you start wondering, oh, I understand. This is not only a wink to the uh, to, to the grunge era. This is about the advancement in technology of fabric development. We're looking at um, leather that looks and moves like flannel, but in fact, it's extremely thin. It's been treated so much that it's leather. So it's the ultimate luxury that you want to be seen as something that is contemporary. So it feels like wild, but like a very smart approach.
3: And, you know, Alex, that's, that's a great point. And I was just thinking about, you know, I know we live in a, in a postmodern age where we're just going back and, and a, lot of, a lot of what's happening today is recycle, recycling ideas and putting them into new context. But what you just described is really kind of a, a new thing, like a whole, a whole new thing. Um, where's the, is there anything that we can point to if it's gender fluidity or, or, or something else that's just new? That isn't isn't that we aren't reaching into the cultural kind of store stockroom and pulling something
2: out. I mean, let's 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 use the example of men in skirts, all right? Um, you look at the red carpet this past year, and for menswear, and it's been a revolution. It's basically like holy f. You have from Oscar Isaac, who is like your traditional male, or Brad Pitt icon on his late fifties, wearing skirts with no problem. And then you see Gen Z um, baptizing skirts as the, as the sort of like the leading style of rule breaking. In reality, if you look at the late eighties, early nineties runway, you see like Jean Paul Gaultier, uh, Yoji Yamamoto, you see, um, all, all these different designers, Uh, showing men in skirts, Vivian Westwood, obviously. So um, it's kind of interesting because a lot of the things for gender fluidity, for like breaking barriers was done, but it was done in a kind of isolated environment. Like five people in a room did it. And yes, historically, for fashion had a big uh, importance, but it didn't touch the, mas- the masses. I think what's different right now is the repackaging of those ideas that already existed for gender fluidity. We all know about David Bowie. Yeah, we all know about like Bo George. We all know about this. But um, when you look at Harry Styles, for example, it's clear that the relationship between David Bowie and him are clear, but the impact of Harry Styles is a much larger impact in terms of the the masses that David Bowie did in terms of the skirts of Brad Pitt or having, I don't know, any other celebrity, like obviously we talk about Timothy Chalamet, but seeing that kind of huge impact, I think that the message of something that is being repackaged right now is super effective and is really bound to change things much more than before. So just because uh, something's on, um, old doesn't mean it's but, not new. Yeah, no,
1: Evan, Evan, hold on. Let's we just um, you keep breaking up, Alice. Can you close other windows? I'll edit this out. But do you have other windows open in your browser? Hold on,
2: he sounds fine to me. You
1: only have this. Yeah. You no, know, it was the uh, breaking up. I get like these messages. Oh.
2: oh, I'm sorry. Is it better now?
1: Okay. Yeah, you were like freezing, and okay. So okay. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll can.
2: Yeah, I mean, Evan, what were you asking me? You were saying something. Oh, um, oh yeah.
3: <clears throat> so, just because something's been done before in some in some corner of the fashion industry or in fashion, and not but not culture in large, it's still it's sort of charging onto the mainstream now, and really is has a real fresh feel and a much broader a, a broader appeal. And there's, a, there's of course that makes sense, right? Because Everything can go big so fast now with social media and everything.
2: Yeah, I I think that like we have been, I've been skeptical at times, like, oh, I've seen this before, or this is not groundbreaking, but I I really have learned to understand that what has never been done before is that kind of reach at that scale. Mm -hmm. Of like um, really having an overall impact that is going to be way more effective in breaking down barriers and changing things that need to be changed. So, yeah, yeah, I think that
0: Kyle, what do you think? I mean, I agree. And I think you using Harry Styles as an example is kind of pinnacle to that, right? his His style's not evolutionary in the sense of, we've seen Mick Jagger on stage wearing a lot of similar fits. We've seen Elton John on stage wearing a lot of similar fits, but the difference here is his reach and how digital media and how social media has kind of changed the way that people can access that. So even though some people might not think, oh, well, it's he's not doing anything that's new or exciting, for a younger audience who has never seen something in isolation like El- Elton John performing on stage or seen Mick Jagger performing on stage, it's a whole new world for them. Uh, and and that reach, like, we're not talking about a couple million people just with music because I don't want to discount uh, Elton John's level of impact because he did have a huge impact. The amount of people that listen to his music is, is kind of next level. But it's the it's the visual appreciation for those artists now that kind of spread wide too, right? Like, it, it, it's just, it's, a, it's something different. It's something completely unobtainable in the past, and now we have it here in time.
2: I, 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 yeah, now that we seem to be speaking about men's and red carpet now, I, I do think that um, in the case of Timothy Chalamet, that we cannot talk about what happened in the year 22 without mentioning Timothy Chalamet at the Venice Film Festival and the other film festival that he ran, ran that, that he walked the red carpet. He has an incredible relationship with Hyder he- uh, Ackerman, who is an incredible designer. Um, and what I think they do very well together is that, for example, you you? what he did at the Oscars, for example, I thought it was remarkable. You don't need to wear a boa, or you don't need to wear a skirt. What you need to do is like, you take a tuxedo, you reshape it slightly, you make it crop, the pants are very narrow, but then you don't wear a shirt. Something as simple as no wearing a shirt. It became revolutionary. It's basically, oh my God, he's redefining the codes of evening wear. And that doesn't mean that people are gonna go to the office not wearing a shirt. Absolutely not. I hope not. But um, I do think that um, when you see red carpet, you see all the different actors and musicians not wearing shirts and the suits. And then you look at the 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 runway and it's happening also. So I don't know. I do think that like in the case of Timothy Chalamet, his impact is real, you know, as well. Mm -hmm.
0: I like this this idea that you're talking about too about purpose and being simple. I think we especially my my generation kind of lived in this era of Alessandro Michele's maximalism and kind of seeing Timothy Chalamet as a perfect example do something really intriguing and kind of out there for him but it was simple. It was a cropped blazer. Maybe there's rhinestones to add detail to it, but it's not something that's over the top or wild that's grabbing that attention.
2: Right, I mean, I also, it was funny because I had a a meeting with my editor this morning, and uh, I do every morning, and um, he, we were talking about um, Wednesday, Um, the impact of Wednesday in in fashion, and we all know that this kind of golf, advanced golf. Rick Owens, to mention one designer. Um, it was really relevant, but um, I found sort of remarkable what Wednesday and her, even the product uh, shoes that she wore and the way she dressed, how influential was that? And he was asking, he's like, we need to find who's the next Wednesday. And, um, and those things don't happen. It's very difficult to predict. Who knew that Wednesday was going to become, obviously it's an incredible show, but it was going to become a fashion favorite. And I'm telling you, I'm sure we're going to see Wednesday fashion in the upcoming shows. You know, we're going to see God's references. We're going to see that kind of masculine feminine for wear. that restrictive um, aesthetic. I-, I think we're going to see, and the creepers, obviously from Prada, are going to be forever associated to that show.
1: Okay, so um, yeah, before we wrap up and kind of do uh, 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 some key takeaways, I just want to uh, point out uh, what's trending in fashion on Google Trends. And um, this one, I have no idea, uh, you know, you, you guys are the experts, so if you could help me figure this out. Uh, number one is gilded age fashion, and then the other is just gilded age. So what's going on there?
2: Well, <laughs> I mean, obviously the first thing that comes to mind is the mat to me. Is just because that was the theme of the Met and you like it on not, when it comes to fashion the meta is still the Oscars of fashion you see it as the the pinnacle of the year and that was basically the big celebration but to me Gilded Age is a consequence of our time of being locked up for so long and then you have everybody wanting to dress up and yeah. the Gilded Age is basically a maximization of affluent times. And I think that this is what we are living in right now. People want to dress up. People, it's more and more celebration of life, celebration of excess. And I do think that, yeah, that the man was was good for that. But yeah, I think that when you come to Runway, one of the <laughs> biggest trends is dressing up. People want to dress, mm-hmm. dress up. I want to dress up.
0: Right. You also have moments like Bridgerton. That was such a huge moment in in entertainment during the lockup. So, as Alex saying, like having that as a point of reference for such a duration of period, and then being able to come out and just go balls to the wall for what you're wearing, you're you're incorporating the idea of uh, excess and lavish style.
1: Can you, uh, Evan, uh, any closing thoughts, any perspective on- Well,
0: no, just,
3: just, I mean, all this is just fascinating. I love having, you know, the different kind of generational perspective. I mean, just on the point of the Gilded Age, I think it's also kind of worth thinking about the fact that there is is so much wrong with the world today on so many levels. But this is, we we had a conference last year where we had Michael Burke, the CEO of Louis Vuitton speaking. And he said, you know, this is the, the, of all time, in humanity, this is the greatest time that this would be, if you were going to choose a time to be alive, it would be right now that we actually live in a very privileged and a very affluent time. So I think, uh, you know, the Gilded Age kind of fits in that. It doesn't mean the world is perfect, but I think, you know, uh, thinking about that kind of stuff and the cultural lens here and fashion and how this all comes together is fascinating. This has been a great conversation.
2: Anytime. We love talking about fashion. We do these every day.
1: Right. Kyle thank, thank you so much for Rolling Stone anything on the horizon we should be looking at for your publication
0: Ooh. I mean we have our 25 most stylish list coming out in the February issue um, the cover for that is also very significant um, yes. look, at, look at historical references think uh-huh. about Nirvana <laughs> yes. and uh-huh. it's, it's going to be fantastic it's fantastic. I also have to say that it's
2: been a labor of love, but it's not easy to agree uh, on <laughs> these 25 most uh, stylist uh, musicians a presence. We created this incredible judging panel of people within the fashion industry and culture and music to vote. So it was not like something that we just make up, made up. These are actual votes from people that are very influential. So it's a great community. It's very, there is some surprises, but again, I think it was something that to look forward. When is it coming out, Kyle? Uh, it will be on
0: stands February 7th and okay. then online February 1st. So mark Excellent. your calendars.
1: All right. Yes. Thank you all. Yeah. And um, thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you next time.